From one coast to another, it's Cavern. Vern, Scarlet Joanne's son. May the Lord bless and keep my mother Joanne. Uh, Vern, <laughs> I got, I got something for you. I got, I got a proposal. I got, I got, I got an idea. What's up? I think that sometimes a cover song is better than the original version. Okay, yeah. I think that sometimes it takes another artist performing a song in a different way to really unlock what that song was all about the whole time. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. There, There's a few examples that come to mind, and I will totally I'll sign off on that. Absolutely. Sure. I will say uh, Ingrid Michaelson's version of Can't Help Falling in Love is better than Elvis's version. She's just better suited to that kind of slow romantic song okay yeah uh i think uh mumford and son's version of the boxer is better than simon and garfunkel's version of the boxer i've not again i just think i, I think that. it's yeah it's a it's really pretty i think you know mumford and sons gets a bad rap we'll do an episode about that one day okay um i think that and this is the wildest one but last night i heard uh disturbs cover of sound of silence oh yes 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 and they turn it into like um like that time neil cc Arega took ymca and the inception soundtrack <laughs> and turned ymca into like an epic that makes you just want to cry yeah yeah um they do that with sound of silence and completely revolutionize the song in my mind yeah this is uh a a, a more obscure choice but uh, years ago, before uh, he passed on, and a little bit after he announced that he had uh, Alzheimer's, uh, Glenn Campbell recorded an album of covers. And he does a cover of Good Riddance, Time of Your Life, on that album. Oh! And uh, that's a song that I'm not super into by Green Day, but when you have like an elderly person who realizes they're at the end of the road for themselves, like singing that song, it takes on sure. a, a new texture and a new feeling. And it's really powerful. I think uh, I've, I've not heard that, but that sounds beautiful. And you know, I mean, it's it got a little country Western twang to it because it's Glenn Campbell, but it's, uh, sure. it's the first time I heard it, I was really blown away by it. So yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's like uh that's like a, every version of Desperado I feel is better than the Eagles original version of Desperado. Desperado. Yes. Like Johnny Cash was always meant to sing Desperado. Uh, I really like the version the little Irish girl sings in In America, where she's like, Daddy, please feel something. I know our infant brother died, but like, please, just like, you have to come back to us. Yes. Is better than anything Don Henley ever touched. There is an album, I'm forgetting the name of it, uh, but it's something like Hope and Innocence or Love and Innocence or something. But it's a it's an incredible album. What happened was this guy got hired to be a music school teacher, a uh, music class teacher in Canada, but he had no experience teaching music, and he had the sixth and seventh grade class record what was then a bunch of like just pop singles, like Space Oddity and a bunch of Beach Boys songs, and uh, they did Desperado. And uh, it was the same thing. It was like hearing a bunch of uh, little kids just singing Desperado. It was 
uh, Desperado is one of the good ones. Uh, God only knows. Just hearing those, seeing those songs took on a new texture. Those are really wonderful. Um, and uh, I know you're a fan of uh, Logan Lucky. Uh, oh, the, of course. The girl singing uh, Country Roads at uh, near the end of that movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, oh, that is really pretty. I just, forgot. Oh, shit. I was just... Oh. Sorry. Sobbing on an airplane watching that movie just... Oh, that's the perfect place to watch. That'll make that flight go by like fucking nothing. I mean, even through the sound of airplane engines and being on an airplane, like, that movie cut me to its core. And a lot of it's because of that one cover. Now, is Logan lucky the time when we all realized we wanted to fuck Adam Driver? Is that it? I guess it's probably Force Awakens. But, like, Adam Driver went very quickly from that weird-looking guy on Girls, like that weird-looking dude in Francis Ha, to, I must fuck this man right now. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out exactly when. I feel like Last Jedi might have been it for me. Logan Lucky was like, I definitely want to bang this guy. And then I saw uh, the death of Don Quixote, and I was like, I want to be in a long-term relationship with this man. You want to marry that guy. Yeah. Uh, you you should talk to Tina, because you are the only two people I know that have seen that movie. Uh, funny story, she messaged me, and she asked me what I thought of uh, Don Quixote, and I told her, like, I absolutely loved it. It's the best movie I've seen this year, best movie I maybe have seen this decade. And I just gushed about it. And I'm like, if you get a chance, you've got to watch it. And she's like, oh, I've seen it. And I'm like, oh, uh, what did you think? And then I've not heard back from her since. <laughs> I think she was afraid to tell you that she wasn't crazy about it. Oh, okay. It. It's all good. I'm uh, okay with differing right. opinions. She really liked the first half and then felt like the second half uh, went off the rails. I have not seen this film. Um, but I can tell you a lot about different movies that go off the rails. Have you, Vern, yes. being a little bit older than me, are you familiar with The Dangerous Lives of Alter Boys? The, is it Kieran Culkin or is it Macaulay Culkin? It is Kieran. Okay, it yes. It is, uh, Emile Hirsch. It is Jenna Malone. It is Jodie Foster. It is Vincent D'Onofrio. Okay. I'm familiar um, with it, but I've not gotten a chance to see it. Okay, I saw it at the film program that I was working at this summer. It was just one of the films we screened, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'll see a new movie that I know, like, nothing about. Um, and so we and so we sit down for this movie, and for the first half, you're like, yeah, 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 okay, like, this is what I wanted it to be, like, youthful boys in rebellion, like, can't get along with the nuns in Catholic school, like, yeah, 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 this is what I want this, like, coming-of-age teen movie to be. And then, Vern, and then, Mm-hmm. So Emile Hirsch is is getting into a relationship with uh, Jenna Malone, uh, catching fires. Jenna Malone. Okay. And and Jenna Malone, you know, they're they're trying. To, they're almost to the point of hanky panky, but they can't like make that that switch flip. And and Jenna Malone r- reveals, and this is out of fucking nowhere, reveals that she and her brother have been having sex repeatedly for years. Oh, boy. And this just happens in the middle of this teen movie, right? Yeah. And then, and then like, Kieran Culkin being a fucking idiot who eventually, in this movie about teen boys in Catholic school, dies getting mauled by a cougar. But before that... <laughs> what? I gotta see this movie but right bef- now. <laughs> but before... 
before that, um, he knows this secret because Emil Hirsch told him. Um, and he, uh, when in gym class with the brother, like he gets hit in the nuts with a dodgeball, <laughs> and he's like, "Oh yeah, well you fuck your sister," and then. Jenna Malone's, like, crying outside of the school, and Emile Hirsch is like, I'm sorry. And she's like, no, I wanted him to fuck me. It was my idea. <laughs> and it's <Yes>. it's <laughs> nanas. Because it's this coming-of-age movie about teen boys in Catholic school, and and this is not where you think it's going. Lots of, lots of neurons firing right now. Uh, I, I, I stuttered for a second. Because I couldn't remember if it was Kieran or Macaulay, and then I remembered Macaulay is in Saved. Um, yes, Macaulay is in the other one. Yes. Macaulay's in Saved with Mandy Moore. Yes, there's two Culkin movies where they're in private school. Uh, yes. Uh, and then the other thing I recalled that uh, that fired off whenever you told me this was um, I went to high school uh, in a predominantly rural area, and I remember there's this guy named Alan, who everyone called Crazy A., and one time, one time we're in gym class, and a, a guy I go to school with named Nick says, "Hey, Crazy A, did you get laid last night?" And uh, Alan says, "Oh no, can't say as I did." And Nick says, "Oh yeah, that's right. You don't have a sister," which uh, I was ah! thoroughly amused by. Ah! Um, Fucking roasted him, uh, just eviscerated. Yeah, just eviscerated. Crazy A. Uh, crazy annihilated um the 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 big thing that went in my brain is kevin are you familiar with a movie called splice that is adrian brody yes adrian brody makes like a a gene person yes and it like grows super fast and it starts like killing people yes um okay i'm good i've not seen it okay i've seen parts okay i've seen pieces so uh there's a big reveal uh, that happens that you you missed, um, and uh, you should check it out. Uh, but I remember it's maybe it's it's one of the most fun watch. It's not a, it's it's an all right movie, but like uh-huh. watching it was an incredible experience because I was watching it with a group of uh, guys, and I remember at one point someone just jokingly said. <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if X happened? And boy, did X happen. <laughs> and it happened in a big, bad way. And now, we were... X is, X is going to give it to you. Can you give X to me? What is X? So what you missed between the creation of the gene creature and the gene uh-huh. creature going on a murderous rampage... Uh-huh. Adrian Brody fucks that gene creature. Uh, <clears throat> I'm sorry, uh, Vern. I think you uh, must have broken up there a little bit. Uh, Adrian Brody does what now? Yeah, Adrian Brody is working on that gene creature with his wife, and that gene creature gets raised and starts identifying as a female and. Really likes the attention that Adrian Brody uh, gives it when like nurturing it in the lab, and and uh, my friend David said, "Wouldn't it be funny if they they banged?" 
And we're like, ha, 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 that would never happen in this movie that was released to theaters. (laughs) (laughs) This movie that they covered on, like, Ebert and Roper. There's no way. There's no way this mainstream Hollywood release would ever have have that scene. And boy, did that movie have that scene. (laughs) Huh. See, I'm all kinds of uncomfortable because there's definitely like a familial relationship going on. Yeah. Here. There is a father-daughter dynamic. Yeah. It was uh You know, Adrian Brody's an incredible actor. Um, but I can't help but think like maybe that's what made him fall from from grace a little bit. Like that's what took him from the leading man of King Kong. To, to appearing an inappropriate comedy. <laughs> Precisely. What really made me go, what was the last Adrian Brody movie? Um, unable, what took him from the piano to like, and you know, so Splice is like what, 2006, 2008? Yeah, about that, yeah. Something around there. So like Brothers Bloom era, Darjeeling Limited era, but that is, those movies all came out very close to each other, and this is really where it starts to fall off. Yeah. And it might have something to do with him fucking a Petri dish. Yeah, uh, that has, you know, and then he ends up being in, like, Predators or whatever, one of the oh, Predator movies. Uh, yeah. As I said, an inappropriate comedy or the APP. In, I'm sorry, you're, I'm sorry. In app. Yes, yeah. The appropriate APP comedy is all capitalized. Yeah. Um. Uh. And also, like, sexually assaulting Halle Berry on stage of the Oscars. That <laughs> that uh that has probably a lot to do with it as well. Um, yeah. The Brody files are being opened up here, and we're really getting to the root of the Adrian, the disappearance of Adrian Brody. You know, I, I, people are fucked up, right? People suck. For people have even whenever they feel like we've we've talked about this before. I've been I've been seeing a counselor, uh, and it's the best thing I've ever done for myself ever in my life. That's incredible, man. and even with like this this stage now where I'm I'm feeling so much I'm feeling better than I've ever felt in my entire life. Even with that, like through the process of going to counseling every Friday, I'm realizing more and more things. And you know, Adrian Brody, like, and it's this is all out there, like, he publicly like sold everything he owned or gave away everything he owned and like broke up with his like his fiance, his longtime girlfriend and all this stuff. To, uh, for his role in The Pianist, he just, you know, he wanted to experience, like, immense, immense loss. And, you know, sure. I think that fucked him up. And I don't know if the, the Best Actor uh, award was worth that. Was worth uh, ruining his life to a point from which he could not recover? Yeah, is I don't... Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Maybe I don't... not worth it? I don't know if a, a statue was worth that. Was being the protagonist of Brody Quest really <laughs> worth all of this? I don't Brody Quest, I don't know. That's <laughs> the second mention Maybe of Neil Sarega on this podcast. You know what? I truly, truly, 
Neil C. C. Garega is one of the geniuses of our time. He I don't, really I is. don't think it's deniable. I I truly don't. I my my favorite kind of people uh, in the world are people who just like dedicate their lives to art and who constantly have like a different iron in the fire and just like Neil Cicerega will do a show where he talks about music videos, but he'll also release his own mashup albums with midis he composed. And he'll also release like point and click adventure games and bot set tweet for him. And like, and, like, and, and he invented so many like Adobe plugins. Yes. Like so many different like ways to use that program, specific effects that you can use now. He's a genius. If everyone who listens to this, like looks back on everything they discovered on the internet once and like fell in love with and are a really big fan of ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny, Potter puppet pals, like any, like, that's Neil Cicerega. Like, <laughs> like the beginning of YouTube as a thing that we went to repeatedly and had hit videos on it was him. Yeah, it's, like, it's all him. He's the author of our destruction. So if you're if you're upset that like white nationalism <laughs> is taking over in the United States through the popular venue of YouTube, I'm sorry. That's also like him. We love you, Neil. Uh, we and we know that you're like, we know that you're one of the good ones. We know that you're not a. Mo- I mean, you know, you've you've you you went out and talked about like how horrible racist, horribly racist Ernest goes to Africa is. We know you're one of the good ones, but yeah, uh, some some there's some some bad stuff in your wake. You 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 were not the tsunami, but you were the wave that started cresting. But. You know, like, that's something that I've talked a lot about, and I think you and I have talked about it a lot. It's like, Neil Cicerega look makes everything he does look effortless. True. Even though, if you think about it for a second, it, it, it surely must be a nightmare. Layers and upon layers, uh, both, like, Adobe Premiere layers and, like, wop, wop. you know, just, like, layers of just, like, difficult... This you know sleepless nights, this difficult, and he's always coming out with a new thing. But like he makes that stuff look effortless. And like, what's one of the things that like has hampered YouTube uh, and hampered like creativity is people like not so much now, but like whenever Angry Video Game Nerd first came out on the scene, like he made criticizing and deconstructing why these games were bad and what were bad about them, like, look at... And making videos about them, like, with a beginning, middle, and end. Like, a three-act structure within a 15-minute-long video about a video game. Like, he made it look effortless. And, like, uh, the Grumps and anyone who's ever done a... Like, uh, Comedy Bang Bang, like, they all make, like, having a conversation with someone who's either, like, being real or being a caricature. Like, they make it look so easy... So that there's so many other people who, like, just fucking suck. <laughs> like, terrible. Like, you... like, black holes of comedy come along and they're like, well, I can do that. Oh, my God. It's it's so evident. Because you can watch great, like, improv, right? And mm-hmm. you're like, wow, this is, like, seamless. They are making this look easy. This must be easy. 
And then you sit through the 300th fucking garbage improv set of your life. And you're like, wow, this is all deceptively difficult. Yeah, and like, the internet is so like fragmented. Like, a big part of my, my entertainment viewing and what I take in as far as entertainment goes revolves around like red letter media. Whenever they upload a new video, like, I'm, I'm watching it. I'm, I'm making an appointment to watch that. Like, I won't watch one of their things on my phone. I gotta get, I gotta put it on the TV for that. Like, if they recommend a movie, I'm gonna go see that. And they've got, like, they've got over a million subscribers now. Even though they are so big, there are big swaths of the country that have never even heard of these guys. And so, right. like, you have folks like AVGN who makes, like, criticizing a video game look effortless... But there are people that have never seen him. And so, like, we get people that are inspired by, like, worse versions of him. Like, there are people that, like, get inspired. Like, I want to do this by, like... And they're inspired by, like, irate gamer. And the guy with the glasses. And you know what I mean? God. Yeah, right. We get... um, You and I start talking about, like, covers that are better than the original. Like... People For get sure. introduced to the bad cover, and that inspires them to do a worse cover. Right? They get they don't they don't rip off Tarantino. They rip off Lucky Number Slevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. So, like, used to YouTube was the Wild West, and now it's like Charles Foster Kane's house. It's filled with a bunch of shit. And you know, like, it's so filled with shit that you don't realize, like, when you're throwing away the sled, you're throwing away something really important. (laughs) Right. You don't, you can't even see, like, the good stuff on the bottom because you're, you're sifting through just, like, the jars of pee and the broken, like, snow globes and everything on top that you don't realize the good stuff. For sure. I I, I discovered, like, a new channel. I'm like, where has this been? And it's just because, like, I've been seeing, like, the garbage versions of it for so long. For so long. And truly, and this is true of any creative output, the, the, the masters really make you appreciate like you truly don't understand how good someone is at something until you've seen the horrible version of it then you're like because stand-up looks easy like stand like you're like oh they're just telling a story you know they're just like saying the they're doing callback like it looks easy and then you go to a fucking open mic Mm. and you're like by god yeah like it makes you appreciate the masters of their craft. The people that have put in the fucking time that have the innate ability. I do think there is some innate ability to these things. Mm-hmm. You can you can sharpen something that you have, but you can't invent it out of whole cloth. Yeah. Some people could go to every comedy workshop, could do comedy every day of their lives, and will just never be funny. Mm-hmm. Like... Some people, you can have them go to every writer's workshop, get notes from the best fucking writers in the world, and they will never be able to turn out a short story that you like or you think is good. Like, there, I do think that there is something that has to be there inherently, and then you can just sharpen those tools. And people have debated me about that before. Um, No, it's, it's, I, I would totally agree with it. And, like... But there, there's a, there's even more layers to it because then there's the gap where, like, 
you realize that you have it, whatever it is, you realize that like, wow, you know, like uh, I can command a room or wow, I can do this. But because you've not been like, you, there's that gap between like, oh, wow, I can do this more than someone else can. And that gap between like, oh, I'm really good at this. There's that, you know what I mean? There's that gap yeah. or like, there's a difference between like, I can command a room with how good this story is at uh, you know, the checkout line at Dollar General or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. But, like, uh, can you command a room of people that, like, are expecting to laugh out loud? Right. And, like, the other problem with, like, stand-up comedy, too, um, and an improv comedy is, like, it's such an interactive and intimate medium that whenever it's being done and being done well, like, you get drunk assholes who, like, want to join in on it because it's fun. Like, this yeah. guy's having a blast talking about airplane food and so like i want to be in the back and shout like rolled gold you know and just like have nothing to contribute to the conversation but it's so much fun and folks don't realize that like you're making it worse by trying to make it better (laughs) like leave it alone yes and then you have because of that you have the worst sect of stand-up comedy which is videos on youtube of Comedian on stage destroys heckler, uploaded by the guy who's the comedian on stage. <laughs> the worst sect of like just comedians who go out looking for hecklers so they can take that part of their act. Like that becomes their act. Their act yeah. becomes like, I want someone to ruin my act so I can make a joke about them being ugly. And it's the absolute worst part of stand-up com- uh, comedy, I think. Yeah. I didn't expect it for us to get, like, really passionate about things we believed in. But that's what the beauty of this show is. It can start... Where the fuck did we start? Cover songs. Cover songs, We started yeah. on this one. And then we went on a big thing about Adrian Brody, R.I.P. Um, <laughs> and now... <laughs> Neil C.C. Orega. And, uh, and now, we're, now we're here. Uh, Adrian Brody, if you're out there... Puffbutpod at gmail.com. Adrian Brody, I like, want to hear from you. If you're out there, like, you are an incredible actor. Like, you're really good. I you, hope you make a comeback of some like, kind. Like, you, you've done some shitty things, but that's that's nature of being human. Like, you know, we've, you, we've all done shitty things, myself included. Like, hope you learned from them, you know, yeah. that, you're, that you're repairing it, you know. Yeah. But, like, I love Brothers Bloom, man. You're, you're really good in that. I know you're not a fan, but, like, Darjeeling Limited just, like, speaks to me. God damn, there's a scene in that movie where the three brothers realize that the only way they can move on is by dumping all of their baggage. Yeah. And it's, I mean, that just just cuts me to my core, that movie. And a lot of what gets me about that movie is Adrian Brody in it. For uh, sure. And, you know, I don't know if Adrian... <sighs> I feel like Jamie Kennedy might have listened to some Puffin Publishing podcast. I don't think Adrian Brody does or ever will, but... Uh, but still. It, it, like, it's out there. We want to hear from you. Yeah, you know? we'd love to hear from you. I'm a, I'm a If fan. somehow, can we get Adrian Brody to listen to this? Um, I, I want to I wanna know. How 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 does it happen? And it happens, you know, there's, there's a lot of actors who just like, for every the godfather or godfather part two that marlon brando's in there's uh the island of dr moreau <laughs> you know right like, there's last tango in paris yeah 
Like how he, does like, it lubes up his dick with butter? <laughs> yeah, just like how does that happen? Like how does it? How does uh, it... stop making your judgment gets compromised? You know, you're Marlon Brando, so you were always bug nuts. You were always just a fucking lunatic. We were talking about cover songs uh, an eternity ago, and maybe what it is, and this is a thing I think about a lot with Paul McCartney. Because I am a huge uh, Beatles mark. You know, like fucking everyone in the fucking galaxy. But I've just, I've been really into the Beatles for a long time. Paul McCartney has not done a good album since his second to last one with Wings. And. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've got to think that it's just like the same problem that like. SNL has and the same problem that like WWE has we're just like he's so big that like no one wants to tell him no for sure oh so many famous people have that problem it's it's a it's an epidemic the last album he did that received any kind of great critical and commercial uh like uh words that that was received well critically and commercially was uh chaos and creation in the backyard and like he had a producer on that album, like, Paul would come in with a song, and that producer was like, no, the song sucks. We're not going to record this. <laughs> Stop! Paul has talked about, like, how, like, hurt. He would leave, like, recording sessions, like, hurt and offended and everything. But then he'd, like, he'd bust his ass to, like, all right, well, if he thinks that's bad, here, here's a good song. I'm going to record a good song for him. How dare you tell that to yeah. me? And I'll show you. Uh, and then, so, like, Paul does it. This album does super well critically and commercially, and he never works with that producer again. One of the things I always say, and this can be applied to both, like, art, but it can also be applied to, you know, just a lot of things, is, like, you gotta have friction to create a spark. Whoa. And I don't think that, like, folks like Paul McCartney or SNL or any of these kind of, like, big, like, The Simpsons, any of these things that are, like, too big to fail, like... They don't have any friction anymore. Like, they make gobs and gobs and gobs of money for the people on top. And there's an audience that will tune in. Just hoping that the new episode of The Simpsons is going to be another Marge versus the Monorail. And they know it won't be. But they're, you know, they're just hoping. But, But Lena Dunham comes to Springfield. Yeah, you know, like, man, maybe, just maybe this next, you know, Summer Slam will be, you know... Ricky Steamboat and Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania three, but we know it won't. You know, just and it sucks as a as a fan of things like that, and a fan of just like the Neil C. Saragas and the the Red Letter Media's that make things look effortless. Like it, it, it's a bummer to like see something less than when you know that like there could be better. Um, yeah, it's a it's a huge bummer, and that's and that's something that like I will never ever 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 in a trillion years ever like compare myself to any uh even any of those people but like at a certain point like i just kind of realized with like my creative output like the only way i'm going to be able to see the things i want to see on tv or in the movies is just to make it myself and it's just the it's a kind of thing that it's really hard to make things even like this podcast like it's just kevin and i talking 
But like after this, we each independently of each other have to take the file and dump it on a computer and then take the file on the computer and upload it to a site and then make sure the other person has got the file. And then we have to sync the files and then we have to cut it up to the sounds really good. And then after that, we've got to make sure the levels are right. And then after that, we've got to upload it to another thing. And, you know, it's just like, yeah, this is super simple. But even then, like way too much headache. <laughs> but, you know, but, like we to do it because we want to do it and we feel driven to do it and so in a way like you got to hand it to the people that are not good at what they do because at least they're 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 putting in the work gotta give it to them but and and then you know the people that could be really good at it but they see how much work is and they just don't like oh, i'm not gonna sit for 12 hours and let this fucking thing render fuck that and like <laughs> you know just you know like i i get it but I don't know. It's just the the world is a is a better place uh, when we have great art and great art that we can that we can play off of. Listen to me, bring it home. Uh, when you when you hear a song and you're like, ah, oh, I don't, I wasn't feeling it, but maybe I could do a version of it. And and then you you do that version of "Time of Your Life" by Green Day that that elevates it for someone like me. And I know I'm in the minority. That's prefers Glenn Campbell to Green Day. Uh, I know Tina doesn't have a rhinestone cowboy poster on her wall, but <laughs> but I don't know. I guess typical of like sadness in life, the joy you feel after a sadness feels better because you have something to contrast it against. So like... To, to um, quote a deleted scene from Bruce Almighty, <laughs> to paint a beautiful picture... You have to use some dark colors. Absolutely. And, you know, like, we not have, we may not have been a big fan of Evan Almighty, but when we went home and rewatched Bruce Almighty, we appreciated it all the more. You know? So. That's right. Uh, did you know that the movie Noah uh, by Ridley Scott is a gritty reboot of Evan Almighty? <laughs> we got really heavy there, and I felt like... <laughs> <laughs> Needed a joke. Yeah. Needed the worst joke we've ever told. Good. Good.